Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Access Access All Areas, episode 170, the podcast that aims to dive deep in all things about our favourite band, deal with a bunch of patrons and listeners and loyal fans of band and us, and deal with my favourite person, B, my compadre. How are you, B? 170, and here <laughs> we are. We've come off a pretty heavy couple of weeks episode. We are lighting it up today, aren't we? We are. We are. You want to do a bit of Monty <laughs> Python music? And that was something completely different. Well, this is going to be a fun show. I can't wait for you to hear this episode, Hayden. He uh, he had me laughing from the start. Well, Sneaking him in a moment, but I, but but I always want to ask you, how's your excess week? Well, first of all, we hit another milestone. You know, <laughs> you know all that whole chestnut, and that was quite nice seeing all these new people. Ollie was on the TV, so I recorded that and watched that last night. I'm the big one. I was announcing Ollie last week, and got to about eleven o'clock, and I had the laziest Saturday at home, and it got to that eleven at nine, I thought I'll just lie down for an hour and then wake up, you know, for uh, Ollie to come on. And next thing you know, it was five in the morning, the lights and the heater was on and everything. Oh, so no, I missed it, but no. I am keen to find out what songs he introduced. I won't um, spoil it for okay. you, but there was some very unusual ones. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, I'm sure. And uh, I guess, look, we have come off a couple of heavy sort of episodes and things. We did have to go through those, I think, but didn't we? We had to sort of lift the circle, you know, that sort of uh, pull on, you know, Michael's uh, passing and then the aftermath in the next 12 months. And um, look, we appreciate some of the listeners who found it, you know, a little bit hard to get through, but we know a lot of them got through it and were able to sort of, in a way, heal with us and heal with, you know, the information we shared. So, um, again, a little bit heavy, but we will promise to lighten today up a little bit uh, because B has secured a fantastic guest we'll introduce a little bit later. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas, and this is Lee Francis, not Keith Lemon. But it is Keith Lemon as well. Bounce Yes, I've been very busy on the socials. I did find a piece of Michael and Tim together. I did put it into the first show and I've aired it again. And lots of um, people are listening to Michael talk about how the press were treating him and other celebrities back in 1997. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else interesting uh, come across your desk this week, B? I've just come back from Canberra today, the nation's capital, and I met someone last week, B, who happened to bump into Kirk, who was down in Canberra. And Kirk happened to be down there for Movember and part of a fundraiser, and uh, his moustache, as we know, has uh, reinvigorated itself, B. <laughs> I quite like it. It's a bit more meatier, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's less eyeliner-esque and it's more meaty. <laughs> More yeah. natural as well in colour, it, I think. It's more meaty, less Zorro, isn't it? <laughs> less Errol Flynn. <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with Errol Flynn, but yes. No, hello ladies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, that's my little anecdote for my NXS week. What about yours? Well, we had a nice email, didn't we, from somebody who wants us to help Pam start his podcast. I won't say too much of it, but hello to you. I think your name's Neil. Lovely email. You said you like my cheery voice. and yeah. Well, I think you heard back from both of us, and I think he's from Wollongong, uh, home yeah. of Carmen, as he said, and uh, 
yeah, he's very keen to do sort of a, a podcast a little bit towards, you know, human rights and things, which he's passionate about. And yeah. um, I think uh, I did say from the production side, speak to B. If you, if you want to bit of hand with the content, happy to, to share. But thank you to you going out of your way, setting up, I think, a Zoom with him just to pass on some little inside tips. And you know what? Anyone out there can do a podcast, you know, it's just a little bit of practice, hard work and commitment. Find a topic you're passionate about. It could be tiddlywinks. It could be 10-pin bowling. It could be the return of Nickelback Part 2, whatever it is. Okay, if you're passionate about it, can argue your case, go for it. Hey, Hayden. Yes. We have got a new patron. Another lovely lady called Chantal. Okay. And if, Very pretty and name. you know how we pronounce it down here in Melbourne? Chantel. Chantel. <laughs> but I like the way you say Chantel. Chantel. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Chantel. Uh, silver patron. Uh, again, more patrons equals uh, more content and more special content for you and access to everything from competitions, raffles, access, the band, questions, guests that come on. Uh, so, uh, again, as I said, if you are like Chantel, keen to help us, we would welcome uh, your involvement for as little as a cup of coffee a week, as little as maybe two bad cups of coffee a week. Coffee a week. B? <laughs> <laughs> I did say hoppy there, didn't I? I know. I thought, where are you going with that? Well, Do you want some as, coffee, or, uh, coffee and toffee? No, my mum is in. My sister used to say, Mummy, I'll make you a cup of hoppy uh, to my mum's. <laughs> it's probably Aww. been one of the legacies. It was yeah. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> you need to become a patron if you're not one already, and you need to lift your game from $5 upwards because um, silver patrons and um, gold patrons and that uh, gorgeous platinum are all going to be able to um, go into the prize draw and also um, we're going to be having some competitions for Michael's birthday around the 22nd. So you've got to be in it to win it. Well, B does play Santa normally the last episode of every year. So she has this uh, curious little little um, box with lots of goodies in it and uh, we plucked little, little interesting things out and before the show today, B did inform me that we've got a stash still of stuff from the vault, haven't we, B? Yes, we have. And these are have. real bona fide, in excess stuff that was donated to our podcast. So, yeah. uh, you have a page between now and Christmas, and you might better pick up stuff that the band had owned and have donated. Okay, and some and of these signed. things are pretty cool. Yeah, and signed. There you go. Um, all right, B. Well, let's uh, announce all the uh, patrons that listen in regularly and the ones who have been part of our loyal group over time. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members. Tim Farris, Nick Eager, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods and Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. Thank you so much, guys, for everything that you do. Our patrons, Harmon, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Marker and Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Pedro, Mandy, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Barge, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, 
Mandy, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diana, Paul P, Paul B, Alicia, J, John, Anne, Kathy, and our new patron, Chantel. Welcome to the podcast, and our special mentions go out to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy, and Helen Kirkwood. Thank you, guys, and welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, uh, B, I'm going to let you introduce the guest because this was a uh, a person you've had quite a, a long-term sort of contact with, and he is more than just an excess fan. This guy, from my little bit of research, B, I do know, was in the Elton John biopic movie, and he is quite well-known in the UK to a lot of our UK listeners, but I'll let you do uh, a little bit of a hint who he is before he comes on the show. Uh, wet the whistle before the news, B. Yes, we want to unveil Lee Francis, who is usually known as Keith Lemon. And I do stumble upon that. I, I do want to keep calling him Keith Lemon. Oh, he's got so, so many acts that he does. He's more of a sketch comedy show um, guy for Channel 4 in, in the UK. And um, his main one was Bo Selector. Very funny. And he wears lots of masks. So um, he's very crafty as well. And over COVID, that was what he was doing. And one of the first things that I did see him making was actually a statuette of Michael. We didn't actually talk about it, actually, but he did a little statuette of Michael um, with a big bubble head. It was actually pretty good. He owns um, some of Michael's clothes. He went to Wembley and there's all this um, going to be coming on. And we're going to be putting this onto um, YouTube as well. Well, it's one of the few men have got into Michael's pants. It's not female, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lee's mom made some pants for him as well. The ones that he couldn't get his hands on, like the stripy <laughs> ones. He hasn't got the stripy ones. All right. We'll look forward to that. But uh, B, what's the time for? It's time for the news. This is Manny from the UK and here is the news. All right, B. Well, a lot of news, uh, about a week and a half sort of build up here because uh, yeah, been a collating and collecting, but I'll just go from the from the get-go. Uh, Corey Taylor, do you know who he is? No. No, Corey Taylor's the, uh, one of the, I think the lead singer or the main main guy, uh, guitarist, at least behind the band Slipknot. Uh, but Corey also plays a lot of sort of solo shows and Slipknot are one of those scary looking bands with the masks on. They're pretty full on, etc. there. But Corey has been a long-term lover of the song Don't Change. Oh. So he's been out at festivals in Australia recently and, and concerts and every time he plays in his solo band or his own sort of separate act or side band, he always plays Don't Change. So you could go to YouTube, punch in Corey's name and see it and boy, does he give it a rip roar and a sing and a, and a heavy guitar. Excellent. And it's really an interesting song for covering because there's so many weird bands out there have covered Don't Change that relate to pop, to to grunge, to emo, to to metal, to thrash. Um, you know, and some of these people include everyone from the lower lower end in terms of heaviness like No Doubt, through to Everclear, uh, through to uh, a band called AFI, which is more of an emo sort of uh, gothic band. Uh, through to Sid Corey Taylor. We could throw in the Audreys, who are more of a folk band. You know, there's been so many artists out there who have covered Bruce Springsteen live on stage. It's it's just an interesting song that has so many varied <laughs> takes on it. It has. So uh, mm-hmm. kudos to Corey. In fact, you're out there uh, pumping that out. 
Uh, and also Green Day do it as well as a bit of a, a, a show when they do their side projects. We talked about Ollie Olsen earlier. So uh, again, if you did get a chance to see that uh, and want to share that on our platforms, we'd love to get some feedback, B. Yes, and a lot of those videos, Ghost Pictures, which is um, Richard Lowenstein, has actually put them onto YouTube now as well. So they're fresh, new, they're wider, um, they're beautiful, really good yeah, colour. So go back and there's some new footage of Michael in those as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, also, too, a uh, big shout-out to all people who around the world picked up through the uh, record, uh, the national sort of record day there, record store day. Uh, the Rarity, the NXS one, which uh, I guess with the Shabu Shabar, the Rarity, some live tracks, some remixes and things. I know there are plenty of sites out there you can still order. Uh, there was a cool record label called Roland Records. I like the name of that. <laughs> uh, but there are still places you can get it, and I do know uh, a lot of our friends from the collectibles have been able to snare uh, their copy, so I've been seeing all those placed on our, on our platform, so kudos to you. Also, to give a shout-out, it might be one of our uh, super fans, uh, etc. B. Lady called Tracy, who set up a, a site there, and she did her own sort of article and rankings of the X album and all the songs. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, she's great, isn't she? Yeah. She had a really good ranking there and really backed it up with her own comments and things. And, you know, like anything, it's her view and her view of the album, but uh, kudos to her. Also, too, Kirk, friend of the podcast, didn't he put out on Spotify a little sort of chill type thing? Like, Kirk loves the old Cafe Del Mar sort oh, of stuff. Yeah. And exactly those little sort of yeah. transy sort of remixing. So, I think he put a little Spotify playlist out during the week. So I think it's uh, put down Kirk Chill 22 here. I think uh, that was might have been the name uh, of the uh, Chill 22 of the uh, of the download sort of playlist. You go check that one out there as well with Kirk. He's making a little bit of a return in the media wars. He Kirk, is. Yeah, through the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lane must be um, not so busy or away, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I won't go to all the bands, but I know that Don't Change Boys are touring, and I think nearly every Australian cover band, and a lot of the ones in the UK, particularly over Christmas and America, there's so many in excess cover shows on around the world at the moment uh, all I would do is sort of um, you know punch into your local search engine and uh, punch in NXS cover bands and you're probably going to find something popping up within a stone's throw of your place but uh, particularly in Australia obviously the weather and the climate as it is at the moment it is festival and concert season and I know last night here in Melbourne the Foo Fighters played uh, down here I think it was the first well actually it was the last concert that Taylor Hawkins played was actually in our state just over uh, 18 months ago to, um, before he went off and unfortunately passed away. Uh, so we are getting lots of acts sort of travelling around. I think Robbie Williams was in Australia recently. B. I don't know if you're a big Robbie fan, are you? I don't hear you talk much about Robbie. I went to see him at Nedworth and I, I, I thought that I might like, you know, get into it. But no, I, I, don't, I like his music. I just don't yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, too, it's only about December. There must be some with appearance back in February and March, not having much to do, because December's a massive, uh, you know, uh, milestone era for birthdays. So I'm going to read a few of these out. So it's my son's birthday. <laughs> Who's? My son. Oh, fantastic. How old is she? Um, Sonny is going to be 15. Wow, fantastic. Mm. He's tall, isn't he? He's growing. He's- Poor, yeah. I bought him some workout equipment as well, so he's going to be like very strong and tall as well soon. Well, check some of these names out, okay? Bet Midler. How old do you think Bet is in December? Oh, how old is Throw Bet? It out here. Yeah, mm, seventy. Seventy-eight. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. than I thought. Yeah. Now, the name mentioned earlier in the show, Corey Taylor, fifty. Hello, Corey. Uh, Peter Buck from REM, sixty-seven. 
Okay. Benjamin Watt. Remember Everything But The Girl B? Yes, I know. Remember the, the two moody-looking, sulky people on the cover all their dance tracks? Yeah. They, Tracy Thorne. Tracy and, Thorne, and, yeah. They looked yeah. alike, didn't they? Scarily. They did. They both had the sour English she I'm not happy look. <laughs> I need a roast dinner and clean my teeth. Are they proper assistant? No. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he's, six, he's 61. Well? So, son of Bob Dylan, uh, Jacob Dylan, 54. Okay, here's a here's a bit of a dancey sort of uh, chart buster of the eighties. Paul Hardcastle. Oh, no, 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 nineteen. Yeah, he had that sort of war war song thing, didn't he? Uh, he's sixty six. Frank Sinatra, if he was with us, guess how old Frank would have been? Got to be in his hundreds by now. Hundred and eight. Hundred and eight. Oh, it's funny when you think about, it, isn't it? We see Frank; he's like legendary guy on screen and everything. There, he would have been one hundred and eight if he was with us. Uh, Sheila Ree, famous singer uh, from the Prince days, particularly sixty six. Morris Day, uh, Prince's side project, for that band called The Time. He's sixty six. Uh, Paul Simonon from The Clash, sixty eight. Another REM uh, luminary, Mike Mills, sixty five. Keith Richards. Okay, how old's Keith? Two hundred. <laughs> Keith. Keith is 80, his liver is 132, <laughs> and his lungs are 195, okay? <laughs> Friends and I, when we were in our well, drunken stupor about a year ago, we tried to calculate how long Keith had been smoking for and how many years and how many smokes a day he had claimed to have smoked. We worked it out. It was two and a half million cigarettes he has had in his life. My goodness. Yeah. Or as we calculated, uh, Windsor Castle. Do you reckon he's gaffer taped <laughs> up or something? <laughs> I don't know, but I think Dennis Leary said it best about when Keith came out in the 90s, he said everyone shouldn't take drugs, and Dennis's reply was, well, we can't, and you took them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yes. That's yes. funny. Uh, Sia, 48. I didn't know she was that old. Uh, Billy Idol, 68. Full Moon Dirty Hearts, just turned 30, B. did, yes. Okay. Switch, just turned 18. And original sin just turned forty, so we always like to welcome those. Also, at this time of year, at the time of uh, this podcast going out, it will have been uh, forty-three years since we lost John Lennon. So, R.I.P. to John. And also, this particular week, uh, not a big fan myself, but I know he was loved by many. Shane McGowan uh, from the Pogues, he was sixty-five, passed away. His goal when he was in his twenties was to prove he could live till thirty. When he was in his thirties, his goal was to prove he could live till forty. When he was 40, 50, and then 50 till 60, he made it to 65. I've never seen a person probably destroy their body as much as Shane, but there is yeah. a push for his song uh, with uh, Kirsty McColl to be number one. I reckon one. it will be. That was it. That's a beautiful song. Did you see yeah. the piece with Bruce Springsteen and um, Shane? Uh, I do know that he might have covered a song from him before, but did Bruce say something? Or, yeah, uh, it, it, it sounds like they he admired um, Shane a lot. And um, when yeah. he was over last year in Dublin, he went in to Ireland, see. I think. Yeah, he went to see um, Shane, yes, yes. and 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 Shane couldn't. Shane was in a, a wheelchair and couldn't wheelchair. actually hold his his body up properly, and a lot of right. people were saying that he looked like he was disrespecting um, Bruce, but he wasn't. It was just no. Well, Nick Cave went over there for the benefit concert too, and then he wrote a beautiful eulogy in the last few days. Obviously, he's very good with words. Nick and Nick went over there and was part of that Irish gig as well as a bit of a homage there to to Shane. So. Uh, yeah, 65, really probably got the, the most, you know, longevity probably could given sort of the state of, I guess he was a heavy drinker and smoker and things, but uh, he had, like the Irish, the Irish have a way with words. He was a very good lyricist. Well, he, he had quite a lot of teeth missing, if I remember rightly. Correct. Yes, Correct. I remember him coming onto Top of the Pops thinking, what? 
Is this? They're pop stars <laughs> of these days happening here. I know, I know. And, and one of my favourites, you probably don't even know him, Denny from um, Wings, Denny Lane. Do you know Denny yeah. Lane? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He passed away today. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that because, you know, it's really interesting to say that I – uh, with Paul McCartney coming down here, I, I was checking out his set list and I was going back looking at the Wing songs and I've been playing some of them and oh. I was looking who wrote them. And like Denny co-wrote Mullet Tire yes. and a lot of Wing songs with Paul. So, yeah, yeah that's very, very sad. I know Denny Lane. He um, he was a real uh, muse for uh, Paul, particularly after the Beatles broke up. Yeah, well, he was from the Moody Blues Yes. Mm. Yeah. And the, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I. Yeah. I mean, as a, I think I was probably about nine or ten when I fell in love with him. <laughs> oh right. And, that's great. Yeah. And I remember my dad bringing out Band on the Run, and I, yes. it, I had to I had to identify all the different people on there with dad. Well. You, yeah, yeah, and I, then uh, we got the cassette player out and we knew every single word of that album and we taped ourselves, me and my dad. So to me, it's a good memory, um, even though it's a sad memory that um, Denny's well, passed it's away. It's 50 years that that album's come out Whoa. and I just read, read on the phone today. So it was sorry, yesterday. But, yes, it came out in 73, but they're doing a reissue 50th anniversary and they're, they're playing um, uh, some what – Paul McCartney said underdubs rather than overdubs that they've taken certain things on and off and you can hear songs in different ways and repackaged things and added some tracks. But Paul played probably six or eight wing songs on the latest tour here and, and the song called 19, 1985 or whatever, which is a really good song he played. Um, like, I can't remember there's a kid. And it's interesting, you said about the cover. I was I was looking at that cover about three weeks ago and trying to find out who was who, who's who. And I was like, is that Parkinson yeah. on the cover? What's he doing on the cover of a Paul McCartney album? Yeah. And then I looked at everyone else. I think there's Peter Cook and a yeah. few others. Is that right? It's a great album. Yeah. It's brilliant. I actually remember sort of, him going yeah. and Paul McCartney going on and talking on Parkinson about it. My yes. goodness. My memory is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If people don't know Michael Parkinson, you may know the movies called The Trip with uh, Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan. They do a fantastic uh, imitation of uh, Michael Parkinson, uh, who's actually introducing Michael Bublé. Bublé. Great music, Michael Bublé. <laughs> Uh, in their Parkinson times. But, uh, B, we shall straighten up. That's the news of the week. Thank you for letting me indulge. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout-out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And now it's time for Topic of the Week. Well, Lee Francis, welcome to the In Excess Access All Areas podcast. I look like I'm in the storeroom of Toys R Us. <laughs> you do. I'm you just do. in my office. <laughs> We're There's an um, alien giving Spider-Man a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have a look around this room. Who's who? Yeah, you got um, remember Alf? I do remember Alf. Yeah, well, I made I made him. I made him, and he's um, he's a lamp. Oh, he's there he is. Amazing. <laughs> You're good at making um, things, though, aren't you? You make a lot. Well, of you know, stuff. In, in lockdown, I um, didn't have much to do, so I started making things. I made these trousers that I'm wearing. Oh, so I they're not these. the original ones. No, I made these. So they're from the X tour. Yeah, 
Well, replicas. Replicas. What was this? <laughs> I saw, I heard you said you had some trousers, but they didn't fit, and you got your mum to do a little bit of a patch on the back. Yeah, no, I guess to any in excess fan, that's sacrilege to a tamper with them. <laughs> but I wanted to wear them. So I've got them down here. I've got them down here. I'll oh, just set these up. Here we go. Um, there you go. Oh, so I don't know if you recognize this shirt. This shirt was from the X Tour, one yes. on the X Tour, and on the cover of Face magazine. Yes. And and, and other places. And these jeans were um, from Max Q. That's right. Video. And um, I knew what brand they were, and I was always looking for them, always looking for them. And then I got my hands on Michael Hutchins' actual trousers. And then I found another pair. And because I'm fat, my mum saw a little triangle. There's a little triangle in the back there. But what she did is... Oh, isn't she clever? No, she put the, she put the label back in. Oh. <laughs> so what label so, is yeah, it? Stretch? These were, yeah, it's a stretch, but they're made by Modsart. Modsart London. Oh. And um, I've worn these on Celebrity Juice. They Obviously, are Michael Hutchins wasn't that wide, but I am. So do you reckon they'd go with this thing? Oh, well, I've got one of those, <laughs> but not the one. <laughs> not these one, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the label that gives it away. That's it. It was um, Morrissey, Morrissey and Edmondson. Oh, came Morrissey afterwards. I'll tell you what, this is quite rare. This is quite rare. Oh, yes, it is. This tour jacket. Yes. Which, um, I guess the TV show X Factor... Didn't exist back then, but it does say X Factor on it. So if you wear it, people think, oh, you're a fan of the X Factor. Yeah, I like the X Factor, but it's an excess. And yeah. um, as you can see, that's the same label. It is. They parted in the end, didn't they? They became they? two different labels. Yes. Well, I was shocked they had that label in because I thought this was just a generic tar jacket when I bought it on eBay for not very much. Really? And um, when I when it came, when it turned up um, and it had that label and I went oh this is oh, a special jacket this is special but like an yeah. idiot I washed it and it faded a little bit Oops. so don't wash no. it don't wash them and on the same hanger these Michael Hutchins wine stained leggings really? with wine stains when did you wear the leggings <laughs> I don't remember that well I saw these uh, I saw him wearing these on um, an interview on Breakfast TV. Ah, what, in the UK? And, uh, yeah, so a, a man introduced me to a man who introduced me to a man, <laughs> and um, he said he had some things, and I bought I bought um, a special jacket, which I'll show you. Oh, and, can't um, wait to see that. And then a few months later, he said, I've got some other bits and bobs if you want them. And I went, put it all in a box. And so it was just random things. and uh, But I recognised it all, because he, he showed me it first. Mm. And I went, oh, yeah, 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 seen that, seen that, seen that. So have you got any of Michael's rings as well? No. No. But I, I do have. The jacket that Michael wore yeah. on the Wembley stage back in yeah. 1991. It looks thicker than what I thought yeah, it was. It's quite, it's quite a heavy duty to it be is, running about on stage. It? Yeah, you've yeah. got a bit hot in that. Yeah, and um, apparently he got a bit wound up at the belt that was... Um, flapping around so on the back of that it's got gaffer tape it's just gaffer tape down oh, because him. the belt because the belt kept fl flapping, flapping out about. of the belt loops but yeah this is like my prized possession 
funny enough, we speak, well, I speak to the wardrobe girl who was that on there that day. So um, oh, I'll really? ask, her, ask her if, uh, about the gaffer tape and yeah. another day. Yeah, when it turned up, um, it had gaffer, you could see it there, the gaffer, <laughs> which I've never taken off. But yeah, someone told me, oh, he didn't like the belt flapping around, so it would just get us all sticky. Didn't like the belt flapping around, so... And again, it's down. the same label, Morrissey. It is, yeah, it I've, is. And again, I've tried to get Morrissey on. I think he's just been a busy man, but one day we'll get him on the show as well because I reckon he'll have some interesting stories about measuring people. Oh, these, yes. these I think th- these were Tim's. Oh, uh, yes, they were Tim's yeah. on at the Wembley gig, yes. And, and what's um, those white bits at the top? Is that a bit of Velcro or something? They're belt hooks. Oh, they're the belt hooks. <laughs> yeah. But the white stripes are leather. Oh, nice. You can see. You can't really see, can you? But they're leather, which can is Can I be in your it's... will? <laughs> 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 um, it's not a very nice fabric, if I was honest. It's kind of some sort of weird polyester that you might find on a really cheap Halloween costume. Yeah, and then leather. Very. But, um, I, I mean, when I I was, were you at that gig? No, the but Wembley you one? were. I was. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on, I'm on the DVD. You are <laughs> for a second. <laughs> so all my friends were. I went, went, all my friends. Um, we all went there, and um, one of them used to have a dot on his TV where he was. It's a little dot oh. drawn. What's that dot on your TV? <laughs> <laughs> Cute. And um. I'm not sure whose these used to belong to. Hmm. But again, a little, little triangle in the back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice that they get worn, isn't it? Well, I've, I've got um, I've got a T-shirt as well, which I've got in a frame. Um, and it's a, a T-shirt that uh, Michael Hutchins wore on a date with um, Kylie. It's um, a Jean-Paul Gaultier T-shirt. That's never going to fit me, and I, I couldn't tamper with that. So that's in a frame. But these things, yeah, I wear them now and again. Can't I can't believe, believe I own them because on, on that day, I remember one of my friends um, getting drumsticks, and um, I was a bit jealous, as you can yes. imagine. <laughs> and, and then fast forward, I don't know how many years later, I go, yeah, I've got my collection's jacket. Uh, on, I've got his um, Doc Martens. On, I've got his black top as well. Have you really got the Doc Martens as well? Or yeah, I've got, them in a, I've got them in a glass box. Well, a plastic oh. box, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, yeah. let's go back. How on earth did you start your In Excess journey? First time I saw In Excess was on TV. It was on a television show called The Wide Awake Club, presented by Timmy Mallet, and it was a new sensation video. And it just instantly, I thought, oh, I like them. Oh, they're good. And then I was on a school trip. Um, we, had, we were in um, Whitby. There was a record shop. That it, record, remember record shops? I really remember record shops. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know when they used to have like a, a bargain box? Oh, yeah. It, it, it was either um, music that wasn't doing very well or new music. And in excess for in there, and I bought New Sensation for 50 pence, which oh, I've still got, obviously. Goodness. I bought that, and I can remember telling all my mates, oh, "Have you heard of In Excess?" And one of uh, one of my mates who was a proper muso, he he knew In Excess, and then suddenly everyone liked In Excess. But one of my mates not liking In Excess because everyone liked In Excess. I went, "Why did did he like In Excess? Because they were fashionable then." And I, and I didn't I didn't understand it. And um, so yeah, I've listened to In Excess since I was about eleven or twelve. Yeah, wow. And and still put them on now. Like it's a new album, do you it know? Is. Yeah, never does. No, I just does keep it? no. I like introducing the excess to people that were not too familiar. 
within excess for some reason, mostly because they're way younger than me and I work with a lot of young people. My producer on Virgin Radio is 26. Oh. So I'm, I'm often going, can we play some in excess? Can we play some in excess? <laughs> and, and I like to talk about in excess. I mean, back then, in excess were like the biggest band in the world. And I'll go, do you know you too? And then they go, yeah, I think I've heard of you too. <laughs> and I go, yeah, sort of on a par with you too, that sort of big. I was talking to an NXS fan recently and they were just like saying like the fandom is getting smaller. And I go, well, because it's getting older and older and it's and we're getting older and it's just like the core fans that are still here, I guess. Yeah. But, but, but to I... me, it, it's just like it was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm the opposite because I feel that the in excess fandom is getting bigger and bigger. It's like army. Yeah. Well, maybe it is in Australia. It is. It definitely yeah. is. Um. So in Australia, you can go to shops and you'll be in the supermarket and in excess will be playing. I don't know if wow. it's just me or whatever, but yeah, it's yeah. played all the time. It's on the radio. There's a lot more now. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've, they've just, I don't know if it's it's a bit conflicting. I don't know if it's a TV series or if it's a um a, a new movie, but with um Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. And it starts off with New Sensation. And there's actually some fishermen singing New Sensation in the background, and that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, there's there's you, a lot. You know your shirt? This one. Your silver shirt. Oh, the silver shirt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone else who's got one of those. So there must be a few of them. Um, no, there's only two. All so, right. So um the guy that um made the kick album, um yeah. Nick Egan. Nick Egan was part of the photo shoot for the X album tour brochure. And yeah. Michael wore this shirt. And Michael um, then put his shirt back on the rack afterwards and then yeah. took the nice clean one away and wore that one, um, right. like to parties and other things and whatever. So this is the one from the actual X um, tour thing that he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then your yeah. mate, I think his name's Tim, isn't it? Yeah. Hello, Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think Tim's got that one, which Michael, yeah. it would have been more of actual Michael's, but Michael did wear this actual one on those. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder who's got the jeans, the um, Stars and Stripes jeans. Oh, I wonder. I reckon in it. Know- they probably still got that. I did hear they were in um, Hard Rock Cafe in Australia. That's what I heard. Oh, well, I, I mean, I've got a pair, obviously. <laughs> You've got a pair made, didn't you? Mum, can you make me some jeans like this? <laughs> yeah. Your mum's great, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. I liked the um, the one that he had with all the little pearly buttons. Do you remember that? Did you ever get that uh, made? Which one was that from? Billy. And he wore on the which, and he wore on Max Q. Oh, what the the waistcoat? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, because I've got those jeans, I thought, I need the waistcoat, don't I? You yeah. do. You've got to get yeah, my I do. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's like a pearly queen thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, the styling for X was amazing, I think. And um, funny enough, you mentioned Tim. He um, messaged me on Twitter and he said, I've noticed that Keith Lemon started to dress a little bit like Michael Hutchins. Are you an XS fan? I said, yeah. But it's funny because um, Heather, who does the wardrobe for me, 
I, I gave her all, well, I didn't give her them. I said, look at these. And it was all my in excess um, programs from gigs and stuff. I said, I want to look like that, 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 and that. <laughs> and so uh, everything was geared towards the styling similar to that. And then, um, yeah, then I met Tim and he hooked me up with a man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a photo of you with Tim. Where was that then? Was that when you came over to Australia or when you were in the UK? Um, he came over here. It was um, a screening in the Corinthia Hotel uh, of the In Excess movie, the TV movie. It was a screening of that, but I didn't know. And um, I went there. So I just got hold of some things from my friend Tim. And then he says, oh, I'm going to see the guys at the Corinthia Hotel. And I went, what guys? I said, oh, in excess. I went, no, you're not. He says, I am. He says, do you want to come? I went, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I didn't know Tim at all then. So I went to the hotel and Tim Farris was there. Um, Chris was there as well. And um, we watched um, the TV movie. And then afterwards, um, Tim, which was just so strange because I was texting my Leeds friends who were all in excess fans when we were kids, just going, you won't believe what's happening to me. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've, been, I've, worked, I've been in TV for a long time and met a lot of people, but I suddenly became a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. And I was like texting me, mates, so went, you won't believe. It's like, it's like it just when you meet someone um, that you like since you were a kid and you meet them as an adult, just your springs come out of your head. Yeah. And um Tim Paris came up to me and, and he said, uh, what did you think to the film and stuff? And I, I said, what I thought of the film. Um, and he says, I've, I've just got into um, beatboxing. I went, all right, cool. He says, can you rap? I went, yeah. <laughs> and then he said, get a camera over here. So they got a camera over. And then Tim Farris started beatboxing, and then I started rapping. No! Luckily, I have a rap in my back. I have a rap in my back pocket that's ready to go. <laughs> and then um, a few months later, I got it on a USB, and um, I've been too embarrassed to watch it. But um, it was an amazing now? evening. Hey, can we watch it now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, I was quite influenced by alcohol that evening as well. That's hilarious. I can't imagine. But yeah, well, it was, I can't imagine it was that. Crazy. I had, uh, what did I have? I had the Swing album on me that someone bought me for my birthday that was signed. And then uh, Tim Farris um, ruined my dreams and said, that's not our signature. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but then he signed something else for me. So oh, good, good man. Good yeah, man. Yeah, he is. Let's yeah. say hello to good Tim. Man. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Okay, so you're a man of many faces, and when you're not a man of many faces, you stick a mask on it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I wear I wear masks you yeah, wear for masks. a living. I'm not Batman. I'd you're like not. to be. I bet you would. <laughs> or Spider-Man. I do have a Spider-Man costume. I don't look like Spider-Man, though. I look like Spider-Man's dad. <laughs> yeah. so do you make I'm all not... these masks? Um, in the beginning, when I first started Boss Selector, um, I just... How did it happen? I bought a mask in Blackpool and um, it was just half a mask. I cut the mouth out. I was on a bonding weekend away with work. I worked in the art department at the Paramount Channel. And um, we went up to the Blackpool Tower and that felt like the right time to pull this mask out of my pocket and put it on my face. I, I said, I'm Michael Jackson and did all the Michael Jackson stuff and everybody laughed. I went, ooh, ooh. And then I didn't do it again. And then that same mask I used as a, a weatherman when I worked on Nickelodeon, 
Yeah. And he used to, it was, it was the same character that I played as Michael Jackson, but without the um, swearing, because it was on Nickelodeon. And um, I did it as a weatherman. <laughs> and then I can't remember what else happened. Um, I bought a, a, a Michael Jackson thriller jacket from a secondhand shop for £60, which was a lot of money back then. I, I had no money. And I thought it's going to be, surely it's, it's going to be coming useful somehow. And then um, I called one of my mates up who was a director. I said, I've got an idea. It's called Celebrity Day Off. And he went, all right. And um, said, I'm going to be Michael Jackson having a day off. And he went, what does he do on his day off? And he goes to buy hair gel, doesn't he? And um, <laughs> so he just filmed me um, going to the shop to buy hair gel as Michael Jackson. The next time I did it was the first time I ever did stand-up. My mate was asking me to do stand-up. He was doing hosting a night of different stand-ups. And um, I've never done stand-up, and I didn't want to. And he says, oh, you can talk for a little bit, can't you? I went, okay. He said, I said, how long do you want me to do? He says, can you just do five minutes? I went, oh, I don't know. And then I said, I know, I'll bring that Michael Jackson jacket with me. And I basically did both selector on stage, and it went really well. And I thought, oh, that's I might do that then. And then by then, I was working at Talkback on a show called Show Me the Funny, where viewers voted for their favourite sketch and had already been Avid Merian, the celebrity stalker. And um, they said, have you got any any other ideas? And I said, I did stand-up last night. What did you do? And got it in my bag, I'll show you. So I put the Michael Jackson jacket on and a mask and I did Michael Jackson. And they went, let's do that. And I went, oh, okay. P because I didn't do their voice. And I, it wasn't an impression of them. I have to look like that. It has to be someone who dresses iconically. Because the face doesn't look like him. Yeah. Uh, the voice doesn't look like him. But if I'm dressed like him and I say, I'm Michael Jackson, people go, all right, are you? Yeah. So then we did a few celebrity days off um, for this show. And then Channel 4 said, um, oh, it's going down really well. If you come up with an idea for your own show, we'll do a pilot. And I couldn't believe it. Wow. And um, I gave them, eventually, I gave them, I think in total, 36 ideas that they kept saying no to. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then my wife's um, brother said, why don't you just do that thing with the masks? It's funny. I went, okay. And then, so I wrote that as an idea. They said, yes. And then they said, it needs a human in there though to front it because this the mask thing, I don't know if people's going to connect. So I went, well, I'll do it as Avid Merian. He can be the host of it all. We did a pilot. Then it felt like I waited like for months and months. It was a long time. And it was Robert Popper, a commissioner, the uh, working at Channel 4 that said, oh, yeah, I think we should do it. He convinced Channel 4 to, well, it's, um, to let us do it. And um, so we did it. And that was 20 years ago. Ooh. I want that a long answer. <laughs> 20 years ago. And really your career has just keep, keeps going. You keep reinventing yourself a little bit, don't you? Well, there's, di there's dips now and again when I'm getting into trouble for things. There's little dips. Yeah. I, I, I've been not in the uk i think i i just missed you coming up um as yeah. i think i think celebrity juice was really your yeah one, that, uh, yeah that's been the biggest thing i've done yeah, probably the biggest thing well Remember that ran for 14 years what uh 26 series so when we started that me holly and fern um we were much younger nobody had kids some people weren't even married yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I felt quite close with Holly and Fern, like, like, like they were my TV sisters. Yeah. Holly might have done twelve years, and Fern did ten years, and then it was Emily and Laura who took over, and uh, I'd known them for years as mates. So it was when I started Celebrity Juice, I didn't know Holly and Fern. We became mates. 
Um, and when Emily and Laura t- took over, um, I was already friends with them. So I thought, oh, it's already going to work. Yeah. Uh, but it only lasted like three series with Emily and Laura. And I, and I just think it ran its course. I can remember getting the phone call saying, oh, we're not doing any more celebrity juice. And I just went, okay. I didn't even ask why. Yeah, you <laughs> I went, were okay. Do you know what? I was 50. And I always say, oh, and I can't do celebrity juice when I'm 50. I just I just didn't feel like I could do it when I was 50. And nearer to the end, the guests were getting younger. And, um, you know, like Who are you? people I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, what's, that? What's, what's their name again? <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember. Do you know Tom Grennan in Australia? Is he in Australia? No, probably should. Listen to Tom Grennan. He's okay. amazing. So he came on as a guest, Tom Grennan. And I just said to him, I went, I don't know who you are. I said, but if you're nice, I'll buy your album. <laughs> and he was so, I mean, he's really fun. He was really fun. Really got on with him. And we played one of his tracks and I'd never heard it before. And I went, oh, you're good. And then I went home and bought his album and then bought everything. And um, I do I do a show called Shopping with Keith Lemon as well. I went shopping with him. And um, this year he did Glastonbury. And I, I felt like um, a proud dad. <laughs> Just like, I, went, I know him. I know him. I know <laughs> him. With this big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, have a listen to Tom Grennan because uh, um, he's really good. A really good singer. Excellent. Yeah. And now you're on radio and I've just been on your Instagram because you're quite good on your Instagram. You're very good on your socials. Oh, thanks, um, thanks. And you were with Graham Norton. Yes, yeah, so he's on a Saturday and Sunday morning. I come on um, on Saturday straight after Graham, so there's always a handover. And, and I met Graham, funny enough, I met Graham back in the day um, when I'd done the pilot for Bo Selector and I didn't know what was happening and I got invited to this Channel 4 dinner and I was sat next to Graham Norton, which I was a little bit like, oh, Graham Norton. And he said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I've just done a pilot called Bo Selector. I don't think, no, it wasn't even called Bo Selector then. It was called Poppleganger. Uh, but then another show came out called Poppleganger, and it was Robert Popper, the commissioner. He said, um, why don't we call it Bo Selector? I went, because that's the catchphrase of one of the characters. It doesn't make any sense. And I went, we might as well call it Charmone then. He went, we'll call it Charmone then. I went, that makes less sense than Bo Selector. So we call it Bow Selector. But um, so um, Graham Norton, he, he said, uh, I said, I've done this pilot. I said, I don't know if it's going to happen. He said, if you're at this dinner, it's going to happen. And I'm like, <gasps> and I went home and told my wife, Jill, I said, I went, Graham Norton said it's going to get, it's going to happen. <laughs> and then a few weeks after, I bumped into him in the street and I stopped and I went, doing? oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I stopped and went, oh, hello. And he went, hello, and continued walking. I just stood in the street laughing, <laughs> which I've told him about a few times. But it, it is lovely that I've ended up a, a virgin um, coming on after Graham Norton. And he's so nice. He's so nice to me, you know. He's a lovely fellow. Aww. Yeah. So he hands over to me on Saturday on Saturday afternoons. And when I do I do uh, Virgin Radio as myself, and it's one of the first things I've done as myself because I've always been Keith Lemon, mm. and I was a bit nervous at first, and I I, di- I didn't know my voice at all. E- even doing this would have made me nervous. Now doing this as me, yeah. Um, but I've I've done it for a few weeks now, so I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. Not being Keith Lemon and saying bang tie the old time. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh my god, I don't know if I know all these characters he's going to come yeah. out with. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was having Marion who was from Transylvania. I didn't ever do any meetings, even work meetings, not in character. I was always in character. With the first time I got paid, 20% of my earnings went to foreign national taxes because Channel 4 thought I was foreign. 
Why is twenty percent of my pig missing? <laughs> and then my agent are laughing, saying they've sent it to foreign national taxes because they think you're from Transylvania. Oh, hilarious! <laughs> they really thought. I'm really from Leeds. Accent. It's a lousy accent. It's a lousy accent that I do. How do they believe it? So, out of yeah. all your characters, who's your favourite? Like you feel sort of like you could never let go of. Do you know what? I still do the bear. Oh, hello and welcome to Showbiz Chat Up a Tree on Hampstead Heath with me, the bear. Um, I like doing the bear because the bear used to be a human called Barry Gibson and I was a presenter on a TV show called Pop World. I'm here outside Channel 4 to see if I can go into T4 and promote my single. It's all PR. And um, they sacked me because they didn't think I was right for the demographic. But the director liked me and just said, just keep coming in until they won't let you in and we'll keep doing stuff. So I kept coming in to the point where, you don't work here, Lee. You don't work here. <laughs> And then, and then I went. By then, I just got, I got the green light for boss selection. I went. Oh, it don't matter because I got me on show. And then I went to Ben, the director. I went, Ben, are you coming? Are you coming with? And he went, Yeah. And he came and directed boss selector, and has gone on to direct the In Betweeners and loads of other things. Oh, that's great. That's a good yeah, story. Yeah. That's a good story. Uh, I actually remember the bear and being a little bit <laughs> shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he, yeah. he shows you when he's happy. Yeah, it does show you when he's happy. And I was, I, I think it was like, you know, when you randomly put the TV on, I'd just come out. I don't even know what time it was. And I thought it was a children's program because you were reading a book <laughs> yeah. to somebody and you're in this chair. And this is the bit, I just, that's the only bit I remember. And this it must have been back, I mean, I, I left UK in 2004, so it's going back a bit. Yeah. And your little weenie came out. I would love it if you tickled my belly. Go on, then I'll treat you. Oh. invite me to your house. Oh. Is it nice? Oh! oh, no! You've made my tail pop out! Oh, no! Cut the camera! I've got his little weenie somewhere, on my desk somewhere. It's fallen at the... But it's just a broomstick handle painted pink. Oh. And it's, look at the trouble that, that that broomstick handle painted pink caused. <laughs> look at the trouble it caused. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't come out anymore. He's no. too old. <laughs> not, not, even, not even if he has a blue tablet. <laughs> Don't work. Oh, and, and, the, and the methods of getting it out back in the day. So it used to be on a pedal. I, when I'm trapped inside a bed, it used to be on a pedal, that, uh, like a sewing machine thing, and that came out then. Then it changed to a remote control one. So oh, a guy was stood 10 feet away. Just like, like, I remember he did it that? once. He pressed it, he pressed it um, too much. And the mechanism that the um, broomstick handle was attached to was a car aerial. And the car aerial just continued to come out. I can remember the guests just looking like, what's going on? And this car aerial's coming out of the bear with a pink broomstick handle on the end of it. And, and as the bear went, right, what's happened is my penis is broken and we'll have to do it again. And can you pretend to be surprised? <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> Oh my god! I just but the bear was what I was going to be doing at um, comedy in the vines. So we're going to be doing that on stage. So why did you choose that? Is that because they've got a bit of a following over in Melbourne for the bear? I haven't a clue. I just think visually it it looks very different to every other, I guess, stand up comedian that will be there with a microphone, and then suddenly a man dressed as a bear comes on. <laughs> why <I> not? <laughs> <laughs> 
barely news is that it's you still do that the barely news yeah now and again Uh, well i do it i do it on virgin radio now (laughs) yeah yeah and it's funny because no one can see me but i'm dressed as the bear when i do it you actually dress up and you're on radio yeah This is the Barely News with the Bear at barely five o'clock. Normally at six o'clock. I don't know how we're doing at five, but we are. um, Polly, the the producer, she goes, are you ready to bear up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get to see me. Now now and again, they post little videos. Wow. And you put full... Yeah, I have. Yeah, are these these in here? All right. And that's where the Barry Gibb bit came from, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, jeez. Oh, these are an old pair that don't fit me. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've got in here. I've got boxes of teeth, different teeth. Lost. These are Lost Boy fangs. Oh, I like the Lost Boy fangs. Yeah. Oh, a cool album that is. Yeah. Featuring is it? it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that film I was just drawn to. Uh, everything aesthetics about it and everything. And then yeah, my favorite bands doing music for it as well. I know. I know. And I love Good Times. Oh. Good times, yeah. I mean, we're very lucky over here that we've got a lot of tribute bands. We must have about mm, eight going on nine. Yeah. Yeah, around the country. Yeah. play every um, weekend somewhere yeah. in, in every um, state. A lot of them um, are teaming up with, like, Jimmy Barnes um, tribute bands, and they do that um, Good Times song, and yeah. they are brilliant at it. Really, really good. Though when Terence Trent Derby joined, oh, I did because I was a I was a big fan of Terence Trent Derby. Terence Trent Derby was the second album I ever bought, mm-hmm. according to the Hardline. When he joined in excess of sport, eh, this is perfect. perfect. This is yeah. perfect because who can replace Michael Hutchins? Who? No one. Who would have thought Terence Trent Derby might be good? Terence Trent Derby was amazing. You nailed it. <laughs> Different take. It was yeah, different. But he's, but he's he's got that sex appeal and stage presence and voice. You know, yeah, that soulful yeah. voice. But yeah. I hear I heard from people that were actually there at that concert that he didn't nail it. But yeah, I know. They weren't impressed. But when you actually saw it, I mean, uh, the videos, yeah. he, he, I thought he was brilliant. I thought it was yeah, amazing. I just thought, um, person to interview if he ever came out. It sounded different, but I liked it. Mm, mm. Um, he, but he's not called Terence Trent Derby anymore, is he? No, Salamandi. Sananda Matreya. Oh, say it again. Sananda Matreya. Well done. I think I should give you. Well, he changed stuff. his name to he changed his name to the incredible E.G. O'Reilly. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Where's Terence Trent Derby gone?" <laughs> and then uh, he went back to Terence Trent Derby, and then he, now he's Sananda Matreya. And I did hear that he said Terence Trent Derby was a character, and he's not singing any of those songs anymore, which was a shame. And I thought, "Oh, I like Terence Trent Derby music." I but I did see a clip of him on TikTok singing um, "Sign Your Name," so he must be singing him again. 
Yeah, I think it was something to do with the record label, and now that that yeah, contract has probably gone, he can probably yeah. sing songs again without thinking he's lining somebody's pockets that he doesn't yeah, really yeah. like. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No, he was yeah. he was really good. Who would you like to see front in excess? Do you reckon? It's too hard, isn't it? It's too Can't hard. Just one, can it? That that's why I thought um, Terence Shunt Derby was good. I never thought of Terence Shunt Derby. Just it was a slightly different sound, mm. um, which I liked because I was a Terence Shunt Derby fan as well. How how can you replace Michael Hutchins? Don't ask me. What you know is true Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart It was you when Michael passed away? I think I was in Leeds back then. I'd been in Leeds. I, t- I tell you what, I can't remember being too upset, which is weird, but I've got softer as I've got older. I'd have been at a time, it'd have been at a time probably when I was more... I guess more self-indulgent and concerned about what I was doing. And now that everything's gone all right for me and I know what I'm doing and I'm married and I've got kids and everything's lovely. If anyone passes that um, I'm a fan of, I get really upset, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't recall being upset. Just sort of like, Oh, what am I going to like now? I was a oh. bit like that. I might've been upset. My wife might remember more than I do. Yeah. Suddenly I, I just started missing in excess. And just got heavily back. And luckily, I still have my T-shirts that didn't fit me because I was more dad-shaped. But thanks to eBay, you can buy them again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just had lovely memories. I still had all my programs and stuff. Talking to my friends. And they go, you still got your NXS T-shirts? And I went, yeah. And this is my original one. It's not really. I bought it again because it didn't fit me. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily, actually, back then, used to wear things looser. So mm. it did fit me, uh, just a bit snug. That's right. Back in the 90s, uh, it was all big T-shirts, wasn't it? Yeah, all yeah. All big T-shirts again. And I've bought... Well, I, I always buy too big now. And I just think, yeah. well, I'll, I'll have this forever. <laughs> you don't look that big. You keep saying you're big. You're not big. I'm 50 years old shaped. Yeah, and now I'm a big kid again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So all this is yeah. underneath my bed, and my husband yeah. did not know a thing about it probably about six or seven wow. years ago. But now I'm like, I've got my lady's cave full of RV yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the boys sent me this for Christmas last year. Oh, amazing. This was the last photograph um, that they had with Michael backstage wow. at the end more. And then yeah. I've got that um, thanks for being B. <laughs> um, I've got a friend that lives in Hong Kong. Um, and he said he, he used to pass Michael Hutchins quite often. And um, his friend was a photographer. He did a shoot with Michael Hutchins and he gave me this big print and it was like number one, print number one. Um, of um, I think he was with Gary Beers and Kirk Pengeli as well in the picture. You've got yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, no, I know where it's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in here. two around your house. Didn't you do a show called Through the Keyhole or something? Has, has anyone yeah, been I did. through your house? No, no. <laughs> only in here. I only ever film in here. you got to keep some things private. No, oh, absolutely. Don't worry. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going yeah. there. I'm not going there. Did um, you ever meet Michael Hutchins? I ran after him. <laughs> So um, back in 1986, I saw them for the very first time in Birmingham. They were playing at the local Odeon. And 
blew my mind. Yeah. I've just never seen a man be able to like sing and convert. And um, I was just like, I felt like the Beatles, you know, like, so yeah we ran down the back alley and they'd already got on the tour bus and the tour bus right. went past us and then it stopped at the top so i ran after it and i smashed my tour poster against the window and uh, they looked oh. out and i'm like take me with you yeah. um, but the bus driver didn't hear and they went so like yeah. i've been following them ever since but um i, I did a him. podcast nice hey you met tim yeah, I met Tim, um, and I got a got a I got a a nice hug from him, and yeah, yeah, and I've met. Oh, in fact, I've met them. I've met them all except Gary. I've met Andrew. Yeah. Been to yeah. Andrew's because Andrew's now playing country music. Yeah, with his big yeah. hats. With his big hat, and yeah. it, this this was nice actually. We went to see them at a place called Manly, which is on the northern beaches of Sydney, which is a beautiful place, and it was a small get together and we were really lucky that we were literally had a table right by the stage and next to us was the family table so lane right. beachley and kirk and tim's sister with the like they're all sitting there watching and it was like this is weird and then um at the very end they all sang don't change and kirk got up with a tambourine and started singing that was about oh, wow. three years ago it was oh it was uh -huh. very nice actually it was gorgeous you're saying um, take take me with you um, to the tour bus. I did a podcast with Natalie and Brulia, and I... she went with them. She went with them. She told me. She said, "I went. I went on tour with an excess." I went. What were you singing? She went. No. <laughs> Just went with them. <laughs> oh, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. She just went with them. Looking. And she showed me photographs of her when she's in the audience. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those not so recently. And yeah. she was uh, singing at a party, weren't she, for you? Some um, yes, yeah, they do a thing at Virgin called Sunset Sessions, and she was um, she was doing that, and she spotted me in the audience. She shouted, "Lee!" <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, she said, "Oh my god, I just shouted you in the middle of the song." I said, "Well, just leave it." And it's funny. I said, "I'll, I'll just mention it on radio." <laughs> so I, I always call it. She was singing "Torn," but I always, I always call it the Lee Mix. <laughs> Tom the Lee mix. <laughs> Lee! <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. That's what she did. All right. Well, I think we've talked about everything, actually. I think I've got my little list here. So right. um, your connection. Um, I was going to talk about how we met, but I'm not going to bother with that. Um, <laughs> closed. I was going to mention Davina McCall. Yeah. Because that didn't she sort of help you at the beginning, Davina? Well, I, on Wikipedia for many years, I don't know if it still says it, but apparently she discovered me whilst I was doing the stand-up circuit. But as I told you, um, I, I, can't, I think I've done stand-up three times. I'm not a stand-up comedian, so she didn't discover me that way. It's when I was working at the Paramount Channel. So I got a job at the Paramount Channel as an ideas person. I storyboarded all my ideas. Then they said, can you draw? I said, well, I used to be a graphic designer. I said, do you want to work in the art department? I went, okay. I just couldn't believe I was working in TV. It was really exciting, so I didn't care where I was working. But whilst I was in the art department, I wrote a script and made a video at home every day for three years. We used to have MTV on, and Davina was a presenter on MTV back then, and we all fancied her. So I wrote a, a sketch with Davina McCall in it. And one day the boss said, uh, why do you write all these sketches? And I went, I thought this is what we're going to be doing. And then, the, and then they went, if you can book Davina McCall, We'll let you do a sketch with Davina McCall. Went, oh, okay, then. We got Davina McCall. I got on, we did the sketch. I got on with her really well. And then she said to me, have you got an agent? I went, no. And um, she says, here's the number of mine. 
I said, oh, okay, thanks. She went, are you going to call him? I went, no. She went, do you want me to call him? I went, yeah. <laughs> then then she called her agent and introduced me to her agent, and then he became my agent for 12 years. Bit of, not so much luck, but you've been pushed. Oh, it is luck. You've been pushed and moulded into this, really, haven't you? It is luck. It's always, um, you know, you have to have, a, I guess, a bit of front. Front. Confident. And uh, be, be, be at the right place at the right time. Mm. And a bit of luck happens, I guess. And um, and talent, come on. <laughs> I can make Alf. <laughs> you can make Alf. You can make more than Alf. <laughs> oh my God, your um, your costumes that you make for Halloween are unreal. Is that where Mum's sort of like genes have come through? I suppose. I don't know. I, I, I just I say um, in um, lockdown, I got became really crafty. <laughs> <laughs> just making things all the time. I made things when I was little all the time. Just used mm. to make things. Mm. And I, yeah, I went to Vecna and the costume was made out of a plastic bag and some bubble wrap. Oh. It doesn't look like that though. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I can remember beginning of Boss Selector, I was making costumes for that because we didn't have a costume person. I can remember being um, sat up three in the morning making Christine Aguilera's chaps, <laughs> sewing it by hand. Yeah, so I'm doing, I'm doing a tour in March. I'm going oh, on a tour. I- I was going to say I did see that you're starting um yeah. you you're calling it your first tour but this would be under your real name. Yeah, well it's it is my first ever tour so I'm calling it my first time. Mm. If I enjoy doing it and I do it again, it'll be called my second time. <laughs> if I do it again, it'll be called my third time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I don't like it anymore, I'll be called my last time. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the first time I've been on gone on tour, and we're, we're at the Palladium in London, which is really exciting. Mm. Uh, but I finish in Leeds, three nights in Leeds, so that's going to be really fun because I'll have all my friends and family there. Yeah. An audience just made up of my friends and family, I guess. Oh, I think there might be a few more than that. So I'm with Jess Robinson and um, Adam Booth, and Adam Booth has played a lot of stuff in my sketch show. He played Keith Lemon's brother. He plays Deck when we do Ant and Deck. He does. He plays lots of characters in the in the sketch shows that I do. And Jess Robinson is an amazing impressionist and singer. She can do lots of voices. Uh, I met her whilst I was doing a movie quiz with Gabby Roslin on a Sunday. Jess would do impressions and I went up to her and I said, you're amazing. And she's really nice to me back. And she said, it'd be a dream job to do something like Bo Selector. And I said, oh, that's what I was com- coming to ask you if you'd be up for doing it. We did a pilot for a new version of it. It was called Avid Merian, Thank You Please. It never happened. And I said, if it doesn't end up on TV, let's just do it as a tour. So that's what we're doing. We're doing that as a tour. Fantastic. Yeah. And how long is that tour going to go for? And are you going it's, nationwide, you say? Yeah, I think it's I think it's 26 dates, maybe. I can't remember. I'm not, I don't want to be all the numbers of dates I've got because I'll get all scared and go, oh, I'm never going to make it. Okay. Just each do each show um, like it's the first one and really enjoy it, I think. I don't know. Uh, but there's lots of characters, loads of new characters. Um, but Avid's going to be in it. Keith Lemon's in it. The Bears in it. Urban Fox. I played Amanda Holden's grand for a while. She was called Myrtle. Myrtle's in it, and um, lots of new masks. Fantastic. Well, I'm yeah. sure that everybody will, in England will be going to see that and get in their uh, tickets to go and see you. So yeah, I think uh, it's well- it sold. Um, it's just past the eighty percent market, so Ooh. there's a, a yeah, so well just a few left. There's just a few left. You got a few fans out there, then. a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife. 
I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Is your daughter old enough to go and see you yet? No, not really. I would say I. she's seen films that I would not say are appropriate for her. <laughs> well, she's like watched Deadpool and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if you should be watching Deadpool. She's <laughs> she's fourteen. It's a cartoon in it, Deadpool, with um, it strong language, and yes. strong violence. Yes, but she's very sensible, and so I don't know. I don't think she should be interested in seeing me. I did a show called the Keith and Paddy Picture Show with Paddy McGuinness. She watched that because she likes films, uh, and she laughed at that. She's never seen Celebrity Juice. She so she tells me, and she used to watch Through the Keyhole and like that as well. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah, but not none of the naughty stuff. No, not yet. Yeah, no. She'd probably just be embarrassed. I think. I think when people say it's always your dad, Keith Lemon, she goes no. <laughs> <laughs> and my youngest goes, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're one of the biggest in excess fans, like myself, out there, and uh, we would love you to help us get in excess into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fames just by being on the show. So thank you for that. No worries. It's been a pleasure. It's nice to speak to in excess fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah love is. to get you on, ag- on again because the- I know that they would love to hear more from you. Well, thank you very much. No worries. Have a lovely day and some other words. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Paul Jolly from Sydney, and this is The Big Rat. Well, dude, that's a wrap. Uh, pretty big episode there. Well done to you with uh, with Keith there. Uh, looking forward to the tribute song you're going to allocate in a few moments' time. But uh, he was a bit of a sweetheart, and uh, it's great uh, hearing from him. Yeah, and if you want to see those clothes and, and and see the actual footage, and we've added a little few of the bits and pieces, then, uh, yeah, come on to, over to our YouTube channel. Yes. Now, a couple of things coming up. We've got a few little surprise announcements for Christmas and a few little things we're working on behind the scenes. Also, too, we're coming in towards uh, the last couple of episodes, so we're going to focus a little bit on 1999. There's two major things happened that year. One, in excess, got back together at Stadium Australia with Terrace Trent Derby. So I'm going to dive deep on that, and there's uh, I've done quite a bit of research on it. So looking forward to sharing some of those uh, anecdotes uh, about that gig and the aftermath, and just the uh, you know the positive you know vibes that that gig you know propelled the band forward with. And the second thing that's significant in 99 is Michael's solo album. So we'd like to finish the the recording year off uh, going out with uh, a bit of a homage to that album. Again, 1999 was a posthumous release, but uh, still at the time and still to this day is, is an album a lot of our, our brethren and, and uh, NXS fans and friends and, and patrons listen to, B. So we're going to do an album review. We are. An album deep dive before the year finishes out. Yeah. Fantastic. We haven't done one of those for ages. Excellent. We haven't. And yeah, look, a lot of lot of uh, time and effort went into that album, you know, with Andy Gill and Danny Sabre and different people. And uh, I know B's got rid of the ground at the moment in LA. She's done a bit of research on a few little things about some stuff going on. So we uh, we might uh, share a little snippet or two about that. So um, there are a couple of things for the next two weeks to look forward to, B. Bring it on. I don't normally spill the beans on topics, do I? No, you don't. No. What, what what are you feeling Christmassy and uh, Maybe. good cheer? Maybe. Have you had a drink? Yeah. <laughs>
I've had Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> B, uh, anything else in terms of competitions or any little things coming up that uh, we want to share? Become a patron. We'll be um, emailing people and getting you all ready for the big bonanza that will be happening at the end of January. So that will be our Christmas to you because we will be taking a little bit of time off over the Christmas period just to recharge and be with our families. Hmm. You let people catch up. And let people catch up, <laughs> I know. All right, B, well, uh, we're going to go with the song today. I'll handball to you. You secured uh, the lovely Keith Lemon, so only fair that you share the tribute song that is befitting for Keith. Well, Keith, thank you very much for coming on the show. It was wonderful. And uh, this is our tribute to you because I can just imagine you jumping up and down in the middle of the audience there with all your mates around you, having the time of your life listening to and dancing and singing your heart out to New Sensation at Wembley. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody.
And you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.